If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Welcome to the Barker Podcast Collection. Welcome to the Not Playing Podcast. My name's Rob Howard, and this week I'm joined by... Ian Bruce and Patrick Kane. You can contact us on email at notplayingpodcast@gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at notplayingpod. Yeah, so uh, just going to go through some of the news stories that have occurred since uh, we were all together. Um, let's just kind of get some of these Nintendo stories out of the way. Um, it's kind of some interesting stuff going on with them, though, because... Basically, they've just sort of announced that they've partnered with a, a Japanese company to make some mobile games. And of course, as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, it's happening. You know, this is the beginning of it, of it all happening. Um, they've had pressure from shareholders to put some of their stuff out on, uh, on mobile devices uh, for a while now. And uh, a lot of people were, were, were ready to sort of go, oh, Nintendo's doomed. This is the end. But I think in actual reality... I don't think we're going to be seeing, like, ports of their big games coming out on phones. We're not going to see Mario on mobile? No, well... Not yet, anyway. Might do, but I think it will be there. It will be games specifically made for those devices by this third party called... Uh, what are they called? DNA. Yeah, D-E-N-A. Um... And they're doing something that will replace Club Nintendo, which end which ended earlier in the year. Um, but I think this is mostly going to affect the Japanese market, um, and to sort of reassure people that this was not the end of Nintendo, but also at the same time, pretty much uh, <laughs> seal the fate of the uh, Wii U. They announced that they're working on a new flagship hardware platform called the NX which we know nothing about aside from the fact that they're doing it um, but I don't think that's really much news really because they're um, you know I'm sure Sony and Microsoft are working on follow-ups to their current machines as well so but I think we might be seeing this Nintendo stuff a bit sooner but who knows what form that will take are you excited about this? Is anybody excited about this? I don't mean our general. Mm, mm, no, but not particularly. Do you, think it's, do you think it's good for something? Good for the industry? Good for what? Who's it good for? Good for Nintendo? Well, I think Nintendo need to. They need to be good at something well, at the moment, don't they? Hmm. Yeah. Which is a shame. I, I mean, I. Yeah. It, it. It's all a bit sort of teasy and a bit not really news, really, because 
all that we can tell from this is that there's they're, they're obviously making a move into mobile but it seems a bit half-assed really it's not like they're actually really getting behind it they're just sort of lending their expertise to some mobile game development and maybe if some of their IPs but I don't know I don't think there's much news here um other console news though recently uh PlayStation I thought this was really cool actually uh the latest PlayStation 4 update brings with it button mapping yeah I thought it was brilliant like that's so long overdue <laughs> it's like 15 yeah. years late yeah when I first read it I was a bit like oh what that's so <laughs> but then when I thought about it it's always annoyed me when I've played a uh, playstation games and they always map like the, the gun the triggers controls to the to wrong the, fucking buttons yeah, yeah to the shoulders <clears throat> yeah uh, rather than the actual triggers fuck you one shot fuck you yeah it's just always so bonkers isn't it yeah. um so just being able to uh override that at a system level is pretty cool yeah um i don't know if you can sort of set it up so that it always does that but uh i guess yeah probably you could if you if you literally rebind what those buttons are to different buttons, then oh yeah, yeah I suppose so you could. okay. So you're you're telling the system that when I press the triggers, I'm actually pressing the shoulder buttons instead of doing it in a game like you would for PC. Yeah, obviously think, I've not read that... the article. We don't read articles here. We just <laughs> discuss based on the headline. I'm hoping no, somebody it's... has read the article wrong. Um, I looked at a screenshot. It's full customization of button mapping, so you can remap the buttons to whatever you like. The idea being that it's uh, an accessibility yeah. uh, thing, so I, I would therefore assume that Except yeah, you are literally overriding what those buttons are. So if you want X to be on the shoulder, yeah. you can do that. Cool, I think that's, that's, that's the excellent. Idea. I yeah. mean, purely for accessibility issues or accessibility accommodation, that's that's a beautiful thing that they're doing. For us old schoolers that like the triggers to be the firking guns, that's excellent too. So, Sony, if you want to send us three PS4s so we can investigate your new solutions, we would appreciate that. <laughs> PO Box coming at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, well. we love you, um, Sony. Absolutely. Also, if you wouldn't mind uh, s- sending us a Project Morpheus um, when they come out <laughs> in the first half of next year, that would be oh, quite nice as well. Jesus. But, um, and segues yeah, for that's... dummies as well if you've got that that would be excellent yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, was no, this is... that was a good one well I tried um, so yeah the, basically GDC was a few weeks ago now but we were covering the last show we recorded it was at, GDC was actually happening so uh, <laughs> this is the first chance we've had to announce this uh, or regurgitate it whatever um, yeah Project Morpheus uh, the VR headset for PlayStation 4, uh, they're saying that it's going to be coming out in the first half of 2016, which sounds kind of reasonable. I mean, it, the hardware certainly looks like ready for prime time. Whether the software supports there is another question. Um, but, yeah, looks like Sony will be ready for early next next year. New um, version's got an OLED display. It's, it's um, 920 by 1080. So it's okay. like it's DK2 resolution, essentially. Um, uh, and apparently 120 hertz refresh rate. 
Which is awesome. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really interested. See what how that's going to look. Yeah, I mean, obviously that the the grunt that's driving it probably isn't going to be able to push as many pixels as Oculus well, anyway. But there was was it last time or on on Game Dump or somewhere we had mentioned a story that a developer had added to Reddit that said no there's going to be an issue creating games for the Morpheus because we can, we can only really do 30 FPS at the moment anyway. <laughs> but there was a subsequent thing, <laughs> I'm all about the sources, me. Somewhere on the internet, it, somebody had said, that's not true. So there we go. <laughs> cool story, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> that was really interesting. Well, yeah, thing. you! Which is... <laughs> cool. This is My what fun. I think. I think, like, in a way that that, that kind of weakness in the the kind of uh, a lower process, processing power of the PS4 compared to a high-end PC is in a way a kind of strength as well as a weakness because it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of necessitate writing things specifically for VR instead of trying to just add VR support yeah. to big AAA titles which are coming out anyway, which you won't be able to do um, if it's already struggling to do like 60 frames per second um, it, without stereo rendering. Um, so, I, and I really think that's how it should kind of be. They should all kind of be these kind of more experimental titles that, that use the new technology. And yeah. so, you know, to build specifically for them, that I think that just makes more sense, really. And I think it will probably benefit the games. Rather than Uncharted Morpheus edition. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that will kind of lower the ceiling for PC in a way if they're kind of hamstrung by what the PS4 can do. Well, I mean, that's that's really the case with mobile as well. Um, you know, if, yeah. if developers yeah. can make, make VR work on mobile, they can work make it work on anything. Um, yeah, and ultimately, like like every other medium, uh, being able to develop on multiple platforms is going to be <clears throat> kind of what people want to do. Absolutely, Especially, yeah. they're not going to want to throw in their weight, all their weight behind one of them. So... The, being able to get stuff to work across like Gear VR and PS4 as well, uh, I can see that being quite a a big thing <coughs> for VR. Uh, so yeah, uh, hold, Morpheus sorry, first. Won't, go on. That won't work though, will it? Because the Sony ecosystem is has traditionally always been quite closed. You need to get PS3 dev kits if you want to do stuff for PS3 through Unity and stuff. It'll do stuff for Unity, quite... but, or are they being very open about? Well, you can just make stuff and give it to us, and we'll sell it for sixty bucks. Yeah, it's it's uh, Microsoft who are making uh, the Xbox One. Like you can turn that into a dev kit, can't you? Um, just by getting some software. But I don't okay. know if PlayStation's as open as that. But I don't right. know. Yeah, I, I suppose indie development will you won't see much of. But as far as like fairly <laughs> which is kind of I, weird I, no, uh, I kind of i kind of think you probably will i, I, I think you, you probably will see that um it will be a lot a lot of smaller indie teams who are probably developing for oculus rift as well yeah um and you know maybe do a morpheus title uh, mm. you know from that same studio um i i, I yeah i think you, you, you i think there are a few titles which are coming out on both um i i don't think it's I'm sure you will get some exclusive titles, um, but I think they're going to be more kind of hardware bound rather than being like the walled garden of of, of Sony as such. Um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so we'll, okay. We'll see, really. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, uh, Morpheus coming in first half of 2016, and that may well be the same for the Rift actually, because there's been uh, not no real confirmation of it, but um, they did mention at GDC uh, the Oculus guys, Palmer Lucky said um, that that it might not happen this year. I, Didn't they? I'm fairly confident it won't happen until at least March next year. Right. Um, based on stuff I can't record. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Fair enough. So you, yeah, okay. So you you have your sources. That no need to say any further more than moving that. Along, but, um, moving along. Moving along now. Nothing for nothing to say. Yeah. Yet. No. I think. I think. I think. Um, since I think the general gist of it, it was at South by Southwest that they they said this. In fact, um, I think the general gist of it is that their roadmap has changed since getting all the investment, and so they're now the scale has somewhat shifted. And uh, yeah, uh, we're looking at it a bit later on now. But then it looks like a lot of them are. It's only Valve that are saying that that they're going to make it this year. But. At, <clears throat> currently but i'm still dubious about that to be honest i know uh, at some point in the near future we'll be talking about the steam machines coming in november much <laughs> the same as we did last year for the steam machines coming last november um yeah so valve saying i don't really know why valve have done it because they run on valve time in the best of circumstances uh and it would be good for them to be first to market but i i'll believe it when it happens Rob, can I ask you a question about all of these? With this Morpheus coming in 2016 and the Rift at some point, and the the Vive as well, are, yeah. are any of these appealing to you, or is it not something that you want to get into? I know we blether about it on a regular basis here, and you've used the Rift and stuff, but of the ones that look like they're coming out, which one do you think you would invest in? Um, if any. At the moment, just based on a pure sort of platform point of view i'm i'm really interested in the steam one to be honest okay. um the fact even though the stuff like where you uh, you're encouraged to like walk around the fact that it's optimized for like this 15 foot square space that doesn't really appeal to me that much but um i don't know it just uh, everything i've heard suggests that what they're doing is a, a, a leap ahead of what oculus are doing yeah. Okay. Um, you don't want to get the, the gear that, or get a PS4 on the Morpheus just from. Uh, PS the 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 Morpheus appeals to me, um, from a pure sort of user experience point of view. I'm sure that's all going to be very mm-hmm. well done and very simple to set up. Um, so that appeals to me. But I'll only consider it. If I if I have a PS4, I'm not going to buy a PS4 to get it. Right. Okay. Because it's just going to be more expensive. I would have thought. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Talking of the Valve stuff. Uh. HTC are planning a world tour. Uh. To 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 let people try out the uh, Vive system. Um. And they're going to be doing that in the USA, Europe, and Asia Pacific regions. Don't know when exactly, but considering they're gearing up for a launch later this year, uh, developer I'm... sign-up should be available this week, uh, which is probably three or four weeks ago, depending on when, when this gets out. Uh, wow. April, uh, yeah. Developer sign-ups are coming for the for the Steam stuff. 
So it's not I'm not quite clear whether that's the Vive and Lighthouse and all the rest of it, but it's yeah. coming soon, extremely soon. Exciting stuff. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah uh, Valve also made some other announcements at GDC, uh, of, in, including what I always thought a Steam box would be, this Steam Link thing, which I think is basically a set-top box that you use to stream your your PC onto your telly. Oh, absolutely up for uh, this. Absolutely up for that. It's only 50 bucks, which will probably be 50 quid in the UK because that's the exchange rate, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely up for that. Would love to play also, some of the games from my PC on the couch. Yeah, 1080p resolution. Yeah. At 60 hertz with low latency. Yeah, uh, that's what Valve say. GTA 5 uh, on the PC on the couch. That would be a bit weird, but there we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it looks brilliant. And so yeah, they they also showed a new version or the final version of their controller, which is looking pretty decent. Still preserving the uh, the two haptic feedback sensors, but only but also an analog stick. I think this was a version they showed a while ago that had this, um, but that's their final spec for it, and that's going to be available in November when the Steam machines come out as well. So that's all finally happening, yep. allegedly. Dear Santa. <laughs> I'll get them in November. Who am I kidding? Yeah. Yeah, uh, to be honest, uh, they have started advertising all of this on their, on actually on Steam. So... They do seem to be getting behind it a little more themselves from a marketing angle anyway. So they really yeah. must actually have something that they're going to be selling soon. Or they'll push it back, like everybody pushes everything else back. Yeah. It's not quite ready yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really hope not, because uh, I've, I've been looking forward to giving this a go. I don't know whether... Would you, would, would you um, buy it just on a recommendation, or would you, you have to try it out first? What, the link and the controller? The controller. Yeah, I, yeah. I've I'm just going to buy them. I'm just going to buy them. You're just going to get yeah. them. Take a chance. Yeah. I think I would on the controller. <laughs> I'm not sure I have enough of a use case for the for the link yet. Just because our lounge is always like... It's, you know, the Netflix zone. Yeah. And uh, there's always stuff going on. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, that's all pretty cool. Valve is giving this lighthouse tech away for free for any hardware manufacturer. This is the, uh, the their controller solution that goes with their Vive setup, right? The Vive. Yeah, so basically Valve is like saying that the lighthouse is going to be uh, kind of like USB and that they're, they're, they're going to sort of give the tech away so that other companies can use it, uh, which is really, really cool because it, it, it means it's going to get widespread and lots of people can be making it. It means you can modify it. It means it can kind of um, get better quicker, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's the whole kind of, the whole kind of idea of a, a tracking system, which allows you to just kind of um, pretty much move in any size space, depending on how many of them you've, you're actually using. That's, I think that's going to be absolutely huge. It, it, it opens up not only stuff, um, with you know you know cool consumer use but also like you know that kind of vr arcade thing it's going to be it's going to be absolutely useful for that yeah um I, I i would really love to play some of those kind of warehouse size vr experiences yeah. i think they're going to be amazing um gabe looks beautiful in that photo 
gosh, that might be. <laughs> it's just... Oh. <clears throat> it does seem like they've put an awful lot of uh, thought into this sort of stuff, um, whereas elsewhere it looks like uh, a lot of convergence of different third parties all coming together. Um, yeah, I, I, th- this is kind of what sells the vibe to me, is that it seems like they're, they're offering a more complete experience. Hmm. The, the controller, the, I mean, the, the control, the input system is so important. It is so, so important because you, you want developers to have something to write for. And, it, you know, it can't be keyboard and mouse. It, it can't no. really be a, a, an Xbox controller. I mean, th- I mean, that works. Either of those can work in, in certain things. But you, you do need something that's a bit more kind of natural and... Uh, and the most important thing is being able to see your hands. That is that is what it all comes down to, really. Everyone, when they first try VR, puts their hands up and looks at their hands and doesn't see them. Um, yeah. And that, I think that's such a crucial thing. Um, yeah, it's got to be one to one, hasn't it? Yeah. There's it no good having does. like your movement, your, like your head is one to one. So hmm. to look down and or to not have anything that is one to one to interact with mm. the environment is just really it's it's immersion breaking yeah absolutely it's like you're an um, endless yeah. ghost yeah yeah <clears throat> definitely okay uh what we got next uh nvidia announces the new tyan x video card <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. look at that <clears throat> look at that the other day got 12 at work <laughs> <laughs> no we haven't <laughs> <laughs> this is like your next graphics card, right, oh, Pat? Oh, God, yeah. It's my next mortgage. <laughs> it's a grand, basically. So, yeah. uh, And it's got 12 gig of RAM, which... Isn't there, sorry, isn't there one for 1,600 quid? Uh, it might be $1,600 oh, okay. or $1,300, right. I think it was. So it works out about a grand okay. uh, in English. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, it's pretty, pretty powerful, but um, I, I was watching a thing on PC Gamer, actually, and they were saying, like, what is actually going to make use of this? And they reckon the the uh, ultimate use case for one of these is um, it's 4K gaming, really. Um, 4K and uh, 3D. Yeah. And I guess I guess by by default, VR. Um but yeah, for, for for they were saying for most normal use, um, you can. They, I think they benchmarked it, and they only got at 4K. They got 40 to 50 frames per second off one of these. Yeah. So they'd say you it's probably 4K. need two. <laughs> yeah, it's 4K though, which is insane. Yeah. So. Just sit yeah. really close to your monitor, and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, I mean that's doing 4K isn't. Is that more demanding mm. than VR? I, it's a different kind of thing, isn't it? Really, because you're not you're not at that resolution in VR, but you got you need the frame rate in VR. That's the thing, isn't it? So eventually, you're going to need 4K for for VR, yeah, but that, that's not immediately now. I don't think. I mean, uh, I guess you, if you made something that was like super low poly and was like very very uh, very simple, you you could theoretically run it at 4k and get uh, <laughs> get like 90 fps but it would have cube to be pretty... explorer you standing <laughs> on a cube that's it yeah <laughs> I ju- it just sort Text of reader 
Yeah, I think the pro- the thing is, in the past, I'd see this and I'd just laugh at it and go, what the fuck do you need that for? But I can actually think of what I'd need You're it trying for to now. figure out how to pay for it now, aren't you? <laughs> oh, God, no. I'm, I'm, no, no, not at all. But um, just the fact that there is a reason to get it is 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 worrisome. <laughs> I think it would. It may have a lot of application in out of home experiences, oh, like very 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 uh, useful museums, interactives, that kind of uh, theme parks, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and super oh. useful for anyone developing games. Oh yeah, because yeah. when you're yeah, because you you need that kind of bandwidth, don't you, to uh, to play around with stuff before you optimise it. Well, go, it's, it's more that you're, no you're trying to make this. games for like a year in advance or, or whatever. So you're, you're, kind of, you're kind of using higher-end hardware because the hardware gets higher-end and yeah. cheaper. So, you know, you know a, a kick-ass card, you know, one year, two years down the line is, is kind of like a, an average <clears throat> gamer's card. So. Doesn't that... I think you're right, but doesn't that make the assumption that everybody will be getting new cards regularly because I I really want to get at least one 970 but I'd prefer two 980s but mm. I know that by the end of the year something else will be out and I don't really want to spend 800 quid on graphics cards every year when yeah. you know, there's other things to spend money on not least my wife yeah. uh, so well, my, my strategy is to wait until the <clears throat> wait until I need it basically Wait until I. But how that how are you got, defining that metric? Don't you need it the, every day? The, that is when <laughs> I've got a new VR headset in my hands oh, okay. that, yeah, yeah. that needs it. Because um, that's as late as I can leave it. Right. For me, I would have waited longer to get a new card if there hadn't been so much hype for the 970. Everyone was saying, this is the card to buy, it's a no brainer. And I knew like three or four other people that had bought one. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'm having it," because I just and and I just wanted to be ready for like uh, the a whole bunch of games coming out that weren't shackled to the legacy of the old consoles like they had been until recently. Yeah. So as soon as it gets below two hundred, I'm going to get one. But I'm just going to. Well, you can get a nine sixty, but that's like the yeah, that's the no that's, entry level. <laughs> yeah, well it's not probably worth it. Yeah, true. Um. Nvidia also announced uh, a new Shield, um, which is a 4K Android TV console. Um, looks like it's just another one of the streamy type things. Um, <laughs> That's this I week's didn't... hardware review. <laughs> yeah. It does. It's, yeah, it's, it's like... all magic. Yeah, I wish it's Nvidia all... would make an actual Shield, like, like proper <laughs> Shield one. size. Yeah, four K, and you just like run around in a field, playing playing. It'd be it'd be like that. Those weird segments in the later later seasons of uh, Nightmare in from the eighties. Oh yeah, where they, where they had the the weird seeing thing where they could walk through the. the no listeners will get that reference, Pat. No, and you've they're... aged yourself as well. <laughs> Rob and I are in our early twenties, but Pat, old man Pat, we call him. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So to be more specific, this shield isn't a weird controllery thing like the last version. This is actually a uh, it's a Android set top box with a Tegra X1 processor, um, and it will support 4K content uh, streamed from 
NVIDIA powered PCs at 1080p, 60 frames per second. I, I, I think I'm, so I may open a shop to try and sell them. Then I can become an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Here all uh, week, enjoy the reel. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, moving on, uh, one of the more unfortunate stories that was going on at GDC, uh, almost as if to soften the blow, was the closure of Maxis, who you might know made a game called SimCity and a few other things sim related uh and recently i suppose they they were arguably uh a bit of a sims uh factory um of sorts rather than the uh the the kind of inspired studio that they were that was originally set up by will wright to make um sim city and and other games of that kind there was another one what was the one in space uh Space Sims. I have no idea. Sim Space? No, there was one where you could make weird creatures and stuff. Oh, didn't we... Uh, fuck. Spore. That's it. But that wasn't... Yeah. Was that Maxis? I thought he did it on his own. Oh, maybe, maybe he did. I thought he did it after he left. Wasn't that his first... I don't know. Yeah, I think you might be right, yeah. Maxis were mostly responsible for The Sims and SimCity, uh, the last version of which was not very good, although I have been playing a mobile version of SimCity recently, SimCity Build It, which is okay. It's very microtransaction-centric, but <laughs> if you're if you're prepared to just go, oh, I won't... Oh, I need to pay? Okay, I'll play something else now or do something else. It's fairly... Uh, harmless um and it and, and looks really nice it's like a little city going on in your phone it's great so uh yeah that's literally yeah. what sim city is but i thought it was quite cool it is quite but sad anyway, that yeah. companies that were once great have become these monsters that aren't really doing what people who were around when they started thought of them as great things like id and uh, other companies that kind of split and their founders have moved on to other stuff uh, it's kind well, of a shame, but that happens with everything. People move on, and it, it's uh, it's a shame if people have lose their lose their jobs. Wow, tired. It's a shame if people yeah. have lost their jobies. Um, but you know, stuff. It's not a. It's a fluid industry, and shit changes all the time. So hopefully yeah. they're going to do other stuff, and I wish them the very best. If they know yes, anyone at Sony, that's... we'd like some PS4s, please. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I can easily see this happening to Lionhead. Cause just turning into a billion indie companies. Well, they've just turned into like a fable factory. And making and loads of better stuff. They've got this new one coming out that has recently become free to play. And I just think it's going to sink without a trace. <coughs> but, and then they'll just close Lionhead because they won't have but, anything for them to do. But Lionhead as an entity has been going for ages. And I... We have some ex-Lionhead people at work, not doing game stuff, but they work there. And there's a load of... Because uh, we're in the same town as Lionhead, when we go out drinking, we will meet people who have either worked there or work there. Oi, the Lionhead! Moment. You Lionhead right. fuckers! <laughs> uh, and they're all lovely guys, but... Um, I think you saying this might happen to Lionhead, I think it has already happened to Lionhead. The, the people who made the games that were awesome have have gone and it's as you said become a fable factory which yeah. may not necessarily be a good thing i'm sure the next well, fable probably... will be better than the last one. Oh no he's not saying we... that anymore is he no uh you could argue that uh yeah maxis 
that had already happened to Maxis before they closed yeah. as well. Like Will Wright certainly wasn't and there. And the, the Call of and, Duty uh, guys, um, it all just kind of changes and moves on. Maybe it's happened yeah. to Dice as well. Uh, Dice seem to have been reasonably consistent with the the one game they create every couple of years. Yeah, and like you could say this about a lot of these studios that close. I'm sure if you've got the people there, they're going to be more hesitant to shut things down. Yeah. But if they choose to mm. leave and they leave that company there, it's like Notch, you know, and all that yes. business. So today we um, learned capitalism has repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Mm. Um, there was some awards at GDC and at South by Southwest. Uh, Shadow of Mordor cleaning up both. Um, I think it's fair to say that... Um, that was quite well deserved. Uh, Dragon Age uh, got Game of the Year actually at uh, South by Southwest, um, but Shadow of Mordor picked up three honours. Uh, so uh, yeah, who votes for those? Is it game developers or is it the uh, sponsors? I, I'm guessing they were judged at both. Okay. Both cases. I would imagine there was a panel. Judged. Well, they're both. <laughs> Dread They're both confirm. kind of industry, industry <laughs> sort of events. South by Southwest and GDC are very much, uh, you know, on the on the industry side. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that. Uh, and finally, um, there was news that Ready Player One will be directed by Steven Spielberg. Yes. Which is cool because it's kind of it's Perfect. almost like a, a bit of a paradox, isn't it? Because Basically, Ready Ready Player One. If you haven't read it, um, it, it's a really cool sci-fi about virtual reality in the future. And it, literally every page is like drenched in like eighties and nineties pop culture references. Um, some of the which are Steven Spielberg's films, obviously. Um, right. But yeah, so he, he is actually oh, he's just perfect, absolutely perfect. Well, he has produced some shit recently. Yeah, that's he's, true. he's having his. Not quite so good as he used to be, period. Or his serious adult, period. One of the two. Um, the that... thing about this is, uh, this wouldn't be the first film that he said he was going to direct and then didn't. Um, the guy's very busy at the moment. <clears throat> He's got a war film on the go and uh, the BFG, the Roald Dahl story he's currently, that's going to be his next film. Uh, has he said so, he's going to do it or has somebody else reported that he's going to do it? Well, uh, see, it says uh, set to go at Warner Brothers in collaboration with Village Roadshow and has also attracted one of the biggest talents in filmmaking. As of now, Ready Player One director is Steven Spielberg. So I don't know what he has to do to say he's definitely doing it or not definitely doing it but um, they seem to have got away with putting this story out from multiple sources so um, wonder who's going to get the tie in VR game everybody should that would be great yeah Um, there's there's already been some um, some cool Oculus Rift demos um, of some scenes from from Ready Player One they're very cool maybe Facebook will, will get it and in 10 years time we'll all be saying God, do you remember when games weren't with weren't with VR? Yeah. <laughs> my only, my one more question I've got about this is, um, if the, it, do you think this story is um, so reliant on the pulp cu- culture references that it would hurt it if it had to take some out? Just I don't think so. I mean, it, to... it works. No. I think it works. It, it gives fond uh, memories, and there's a lot of nostalgia there. But I think as a story, it would work 
without those references. Mm, yeah. Although keeping some I, of them in as a nod to the readers of the book yeah, or listeners I, I, I think of the a, book. A lot of the most important ones are computer games rather than films and things like that. So I think they'd probably be quite easy to, to acquire. They get away with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they're going to have to just be a little bit creative with it because they won't be able to use all of them, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I don't think it'd be, it'd be harmed by dropping a few. Do, do, do you think it might be harmed by being a movie instead of a like a massive mm, budget TV series? I don't know. The thing is, it, it, was, it was just a very, very fun book, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, could I, it be fun in two and a half hours or would it be better like uh, Band of Brothers mm. where there's a number of episodes with a massive budget so you end up with, with like three or four mm. movies? With I, yeah, it's, um, it's a good question. We'll see. Uh, um, we'll see, no we'll doubt. We'll see. The uh, Slash Film article does point out that um, Warner Brothers managed to get a lot of rights cleared for the Lego movie, so that's hopeful, I suppose. Well, that's that's uh, got a lot of um, similar sort of hurdles, really, doesn't it? Well, yeah, Batman and Star Wars in the same movie. Yeah. I've never seen anything <laughs> like that before, so yeah. sorry, spoilers. Um, but yeah. Um, and so yeah on that bombshell uh, that's all the news we've got for this week this has been the Not Playing Podcast in partnership with notlistening.co.uk you can get me on Twitter at Bobby Rocker B-O-B-I-R-O-K-A I'm at EboGB which is E-B-O-W-G-B and I'm at Patrick J-K-A-Y you can contact us on email at notplayingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at notplayingpod. You can find the show notes for this show at notlistening.co.uk. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, then please do give us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. Love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts? I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in.